excited. That's going to be awesome. Praise God. Well, I am so excited to be here with you today. Um, I thank you, Karen, for inviting me here. I count it a privilege just to come and speak to you women. Um, I was just in the UK, and we had ladies that were sponsoring in the UK some of the Lebanese women. And so it's just wonderful to see women gathering and empowering and wanting to refuel women around the world. Amen? And so today, I know God has brought you here for a particular reason. And so more than anything, I'm going to show you lots of things around the world. But more than that, I want God to speak to your hearts this morning. You know, there's dreams inside of you that he wants to, to make come alive. And God needs us in this time period, doesn't he? And did you know what? If, if God, he says he looks to and fro the earth, and he says, I'm looking for women who want to, do, to know their God and do strong exploits. And if I can't find you, he'll go find somebody else. And did you know what? They not, might not be believers. They might not be listening. And so I've been encouraging women, say yes to things that scare you. Say yes to the things, that the opportunities that come to you because God needs us to to step up in our generation. And Beautiful 1040, even though it is a project, it was a desire in my heart. It was just way down deep. And I got that word, Beautiful 1040, Beautiful 1040. And the Lord started shaping it. And that dream wasn't just shaped by me just having a great idea, but just sitting and spending time and getting to know God. God, what is your heart? And he's formed it. I'm going to show you another dream that he gave me about writing books for children. If God can make my dreams come true, can he make your dreams come true? So today, as you're sitting here listening, and as God is, I believe missions opens up hearts in extreme ways, and he digs deep because it, it pulls to all of our, our heartstrings. But while he's doing that, I want your dreams to come to the surface. Amen. Amen. Well, let me just show you a little bit about what we do in the places that we do. And I'm new at clickers, so you'll have to bear with my clickers. So these are some of the places. Is there sound, guys? No sound? There it is. The world's too big and you're too small. If you try to fly, you're gonna fall there shouting. But we That is some of the wonderful areas that we get to work in um, all over the world. And I just wanted to take it back so because some of you don't know who I am. And I want to introduce myself. I'm Julie Beamer. I'm married to a wonderful Rockford, Michigan boy. And so that's why in Michigan, 
Granville Res Life has been behind us for the last 26 years. We were just young whippersnappers coming in here and saying, we want to change the world. And did you know they believed in us even before we had set foot on a different continent and they got behind us and they have continued, you have continued to support what we do for 26 years. Isn't that amazing? Thank you. Thank you to all of you. You know, without strong people behind us, we can't go where we need to go. And as we go, we know that we're taking you with us wherever we go. So it's exciting. But this is my family. They were born on the mission field. I'm now a mother-in-law. And so a mother-in-love, sorry, mother-in-love, not a mother-in-law, but a mother-in-love to Michelle, beautiful Michelle. Uh, my son is in the Army. Um, he just came back from Italy. And then my daughter's at Hillsong College in Australia. And so um, let me take that back for a little bit. Um, just to remind you and just to stir your hearts, I was a little trailer park girl. My mom was divorced, and she had my little sister who was two, and she was pregnant with my brother. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. Um, one night, a little man and his wife, they came knocking at our door. And this trailer park was a serious trailer park. You know, there's some good trailer parks, and there's some bad trailer parks. And I was from the bad trailer park. And he, I still remember opening up that slider door, and there they were. You know, they could have chose that night to go on a date night. They could have chose to stay home and chill because they were tired because they both worked full-time jobs, but they didn't. They came and told my mom about Jesus. And they didn't know that there was a little girl in there that would be a missionary someday and go around the world. So whenever you're working... Whenever you're seeing these people, whenever you're seeing your world, remember that there's a little missionary that might tell people about Jesus. There's a Billy Graham that might go around the world. That Sunday school that you teach, those children are precious in Jesus' name. And serving tea and coffee, you know, you're making a way for, for, for God to move in somebody's life. And so thank God for that little man and his wife. He looked just like Santa Claus, and she looked just like Mrs. Santa Claus. And I wish I could have told them thank you, and I wish that they could have seen, but I know I'll get to see them in heaven someday. And so today as you're seeing these people, just be reminded there's people around you that you can minister to, and you can be part of this great commission. Amen? And there's different ways, and I want to stir that up in your heart. And the reason why I want to show this picture is because there are different ways to minister to people. The best songs are still yet to be written. The best books are still yet to be written. Dramas that need to come to fruition. There are um, businesses and entrepreneurial things that will fund this gospel that we are needing that are inside of you. And there are cures for cancer that are still needing to be found. And we are the ones that God, like I said, is looking for to cause those things to, to come to fruition. I don't care whether you're 16 or whether you're 99. My grandma, she couldn't be here today, um, but she's 99 years old, and she still tells people about Jesus. Many of you know her, Helen McCall. She's out in Hudsonville, and she still tells people about Jesus at 99 years old. So there's no age limit with God. There's no education limit. There's no gender limit. God can use a heart that is willing. Amen? So God gave me an idea to, to teach children about telling others about Jesus. And I've used our lives to be able to um, 
illustrate where we've been and how people can tell others about Jesus. And they're workbooks. So those of you for homeschool, you can go back on the back table and use those to teach your children about how to tell others about Jesus. They learn geography. They learn about language. They learn about currency. I try it because missions is an, such an incredible tool to be able to teach children about culture, about foreign people, and how to be friendly, but most importantly, how to tell others about Jesus. So I Look for ways that God is speaking to you this morning. That's Lizzie, who is the star of my show. And you can see that we um, took our family's life and made it into books. And so I'm hoping that you'll be able to enjoy those. There's three back there. China is on the way. Um, we've just got the cover for China. And so I'm excited about our next book in China. So Club 1040, these are the three areas that we predominantly work in. We have been in Nigeria. Many of you have heard stories about the things that are happening in amazing Nigeria. And we raised up a person, um, just like a good missionary should do, and turned it over to Takumbo Adijuan. And he's been with us from the very start. And we just got reports this last two weeks ago. When we left, we had over 1,500 students in three cities. Now we have over 1,900 because there's a new intake this month. And so that's what you want to see, amen, is as things begin to grow as you turn things over. And so we have been living in Nigeria for the last 10 years. We have been working in Egypt for the last 26 years. And then in Lebanon, we are just embarking into Lebanon. Um, we have a team that has moved there a year ago. Um, many of you would have heard about the airstrikes in Syria this last week. That is two hours from where I live. And so you'll, we'll be able to show you a little bit more about the Syrians that um, have fled from Lebanon in, or fled from Syria into Lebanon. But these are some of the most challenging areas in the world. And as you know, um, this area of red is called the 1040 window. The 10th parallel and the 40th parallel where this is red are where some of the least reached people groups of the world are. This is also where the major religions groups have their, their starts and found, found foundations. Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, and others are headquartered in this world. And as you know, many of these areas are very repressive to women. Um, to walk down the street, many times, you know, women are uh, in peril or, or not able to stand up for what they believe and to have a voice. And so these are very good places to be. This, these areas are ravaged by poverty, war, and women are frequently marginalized and considered less valuable than men. They don't have opportunities for health care, for nutrition. Um, rape is there. Uh, their daughters raped. Um, it's a very needed place for us to be in this time, in this age, isn't it? So these are some of the areas that we get an opportunity to work in the 1040 window. Now let me refresh your mind and show you where Lebanon is. Beirut is right there on the Mediterranean Sea. Um, many of us grew up where Beirut was at war, and you heard it on the news every day. There was something happening in Beirut. And as you walk down the streets, you can still see the bullet holes that are um, all over the, ravaging some of the um, buildings. Um, there's a great big statue in the middle of the city, and there's bullet holes straight through it. 
um, right through the stomach of the, of the statue. So you see where war was. But then there's a great big new up-and-coming city. It's called the Jewel of the, e of the Middle East. Um, it was called the Paris of the East. And so this place is not only being looked at by the world, but it is also the door to the Middle East. And Lebanon is the only place in the Middle East where you be can become a Christian and you can evangelize freely on the streets. So this place is very strategic. And so we hadn't heard a lot about Lebanon. And so for God to just pop this up into our hearts is really an amazing, I'm just so excited that we get to be the ones that uh, be able to go in there and start works. There's people there, obviously, and there's a lot going on with the refugees, as I'll show you here. But this is Le Lebanon. You can see Israel is right below it. Beirut, or not Beirut, but Lebanon is the size of New Jersey. So that gives you a perspective of how big it is. And then you'll see it's wrapped around by Syria. Now, if you go up to 11 o'clock above S, that's where Damascus is, and it takes two hours to get from Beirut to Damascus. So that tells you a little bit of perspective of where the war is happening right now or the airstrikes that were recently happening. So um, Lebanon takes pride in that was the place that the water was turned into wine. They always tell you whenever they come, yes, the water was turned into wine here. <laughs> and if you go down further below, it's where the promised land was, going into Canaan land. So I'm living in Bible places, which is so incredible. We just went to a place called Baalbek, and this is where the, the gods of Baal were sacrificed to. And as you walked around and saw all these places, it puts things into perspective. It's such a place of history. It's amazing. So... This was on the Syrian border up above the mountain, and um, this was just um, two months ago. And up above that on the other side is the Syrian border. We were working with a church there and um, doing some things that I'm going to show you what was happening there. But this is the Syrian border. Now, if you look at this map, this was from 2012 to 2014, so it's outdated, and you can imagine what has been happening in the last couple of years. But these red dots are Syrian refugees that have registered into Lebanon. This is an incredible overpowering of refugees. My mother is calling right now. Mom, this is not the time. I love you, Mama. Okay. She'll try to call back, I guarantee you. My timer will call. She'll be like, what are you doing? So this is where the Lebanese refugees have come in. So whenever you go into Lebanon, it used to be this place of beauty since the war, but now covered. The streets are riddled with trash. The infrastructure is crazy. The electricity, you don't have electricity stable because there are refugees that have fled there. The prices of the apartments have gone skyrocketed. Um, People looking for um, jobs, they take, and they take the good jobs from the Lebanese people and give it to the Syrian refugees because you can have three labors to the price of one Lebanese person. So the Lebanese people are getting to the place where they're tired of it. So there's quite a conflict there. And if you remember that most refugees, 80% of these refugees are women and children. And so let me... These are kind of a little bit out of order, sorry. There's going to be a picture of every block you will see a refugee woman sitting on a piece of cardboard there, 
and you'll see her children, they're young children, and they go and they beg throughout the streets. So I'll be walking down the street, every block there's at least one woman there. Most of the time they are cradling a little baby, feeding a baby, and I'll go to bed at night, she's there. I'll wake up in the morning and she's still there. All she has is a bag of clothes. Everything that she has is with her. And the children, they, they just pester you as you walk down the streets. It's, it's crazy. So let me go on to this. These are precious, precious ladies. I think some of my um, slides have messed up, but that's okay. We'll go on to this. I want to show you these because... We get the precious opportunity to work with World Mission, who is based here in Michigan. Beverly Kerwin, she's here today. She came with me to our first um, beautiful 1040 that was in Lebanon a couple of years ago. And she donated all the jewelry that we had. She brought that for us. And then she also brought in the treasures. These treasures are precious um, to these people. And they say that one treasure they call them treasures, will be able to have 144 people be able to listen to that one treasure. So as you can see in the back, there's a little box, and this box has aid with food, rice, things that will be able to help them. And so not only do we give them food, but we give them the Word of God. And you'll see them. These are solar-powered, so they never run out of battery. And as you go forward, they can hear that and you'll see them sitting there listening to the word in their language and so these treasures are precious so I'm so thankful that we get to be part of this let me show you um, a video of Lebanon can we have the sound again these are the refugee camps that we've walked through immaculate it's amazing how clean and orderly they keep these the children are running around everywhere always so happy you'll see the electricity is crazy they normally find a piece of land to put these refugees on and then from that place is where they start building they start with tents first then they start with little tra uh, trailers they're plastic supplied by the UN and then after that they start building and then soon there will be a city there. Do you see how everything is orderly? It's amazing. How would you like to, today, get told that you had to take off with what you could carry and head to Canada with your children, your, your mother, leave your husband behind, leave your brothers behind, leave your uncles behind? What would you take? Where would you go? What would you do? That's what these people have done. And I've talked with them. I've gone place to place, to tent to tent, and I've talked with them. Do I need to stop that? I've talked with these people, professionals, many of them doctors, lawyers, um, managers of, of, you know, 
assistants, secretaries. It's amazing, these people. And when you sit there and talk to them, and as I was uh, explaining to some of the board members yesterday, every time you go into a tent, you sit down, and they present you with these beautiful cups of tea and these beautiful little glasses that you can hold in your hand. They're like in the shape of an hourglass. And that's their most prized possession. And they sit there, and you get to drink the tea with them. And that's the best that they can give you. And they don't want you to leave. I'll get up and I'll get ready to go. And they'll hold me as tight as they, please don't go, please don't go. And then they'll kiss me. And you've got to be kissed four times uh, whenever you're in Lebanon. So you one, two, three, four. And so you've got to make sure you're kissed. And they'll kiss me and hold me. And what an opportunity just to be with them. If I could just live in these camps, I would just stay there forever. It's just an incredible. They just are so hungry for affection, so hungry. This is a street in Lebanon. This is a beautiful uh, picture at night when it's resting, but that kind of gives you a picture of some of the parts of Lebanon. But every little corner you'll see a little refugee. There they are. That's what I wanted to show you. I, I had to pay them, obviously, for a picture because you want to give something to them. And they took that picture, but you'll see the bag of all she has, the cardboard underneath her. This little girl, she was following me the whole way down the street. And I said, okay, but I want a picture. So I got a picture. She'll be there the next morning as well, and I'm sure when I go back, she'll be there as well. Now let me tell you about this. These, as you'll see, these ladies across the way, I think some of you have may have solved this last year, but we went into the Syrian um, refugee camps. In fact, Beverly, she was with me. And we went into these Syrian refugee camps, and when we first went in, these women stoic faces. They didn't know what was going on. And we thought, Lord, give us an idea. Give us a creative way that we can minister to these women. And when we got there, they said, they will not let you go back into the refugee camps. You will not be invited. Um, we're hoping that they'll be nice. We're hoping that they'll be friendly. And so we ushered them into these rooms at different times. And we got those little pink bags and we filled them with stuff for a manicure. These ladies probably have not had a manicure forever. When we got their hands, their hands were like horses' hooves, blistered, and they'd been, you know, working. Their hands were filthy and dirty, and as you grabbed their hands and started filing them, and as you started just loving on them, many of us obviously couldn't speak the language, which is, you know, their language, and... Uh, we couldn't talk with them or converse with them, but you could smile. It's amazing how even though there was a language barrier, you can still talk to somebody, can't you? We'd love on them and we'd point, and every single one of them, what color did they want, Beverly? The nail polish, you would think that they would want something taupe, but let me just say, they all wanted the brightest nail polish as possible. And so that was so such an opportunity. And then at the end, before they would go, we would grab their hands, and we would hold their hands, and we would say, can we pray with you in the name of Jesus? And at the moment you said that, tears would just start coming from their eyes. It was amazing as you sat there and just watched them, and you, it the presence of God was so strong in that place. And they sat there and they wept and they wept. And it was just such an opportunity to minister to them the love of God. And, you know, even though I don't know what happened as they went, I know God was backing me up. Amen. God was backing me up. And I believe that he ministered to their heart. And I believe that as other people go in there, they're going to be able to minister to these ladies. Guess what happened after we did the manicures? 
they invited us back to their homes, and we got to go into the refugee camps. And what happens with many of these refugees, they find places that are close to farms or close to orchards, and they plant themselves there and start building because then they can work. Then they can start getting money, start getting food. And so this happened to be in kind of an orchard area, and there was a farm next to it. But they invited us back to their homes, and we were able to see. This is them all showing their beautiful nails. Look at the smiles on their faces, hugging us and kissing us. It was such a beautiful, beautiful day. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And with Beautiful 1040, we take a group of women, and what we do is we um, take people from the UK and from the US, and we go to these countries, and one day we get to go into the refugee camps, and we are able to minister to the refugees as well as minister to the churches and the pastor's wives. So this was part of our, one of our projects. This is in their home. Do you see the, the dirt floors? How would you guys like to cook dinner like that for the next five years? So this was one of their homes. I love to show that. Now, I was talking to you about the Syrian refugee camps and uh, over where you could see the Syrian border. And this was at a church there that we went to. And what we did is we organized a Lebanese team and an American team to go with us into a church that had been closed down on the Syrian border. It was near the refugee camps, and so nobody was using it. And we were um, asking, why isn't this church being used? And so what we, they said, it's too cold, and it's too hot during the, the different times of the seasons. And so what we did is we went in there and we bought heaters and air conditioning. Can you believe it gets very cold in Lebanon in, near the Syrian border? In fact, there was snow there the last time I was there. So we got heaters and air conditioners and we had them installed. And this church started being used again by the refugees. And see this little boy right here? He was a four-year-old little boy. And this is one of our Lebanese team. Her name is Rania. Rania started, she, it was her first time going on a mission trip. So can you believe being around all of these Syrians, and this was her first mission trip to the Syrian border, and she was able to pray for this little four-year-old boy. He's a Muslim boy. You'll see his mother in the back, and um, he had never heard before. And she prayed for him, and she prayed in the name of Jesus, and she asked him to say the name of Jesus um, back. His first words, because we didn't know that he wasn't able to speak as well, was Jesus. Instantly healed like that. And I'm going to show you a video, and you'll see him at the end. But I, this film is amazing because um, all of these children are Syrian refugee families that have come to this church. We gave aid away. We gave the treasures away and prayed for them. And you'll see all of them raise their hand to accept the Lord. We'll need the sound.
It's been a great honor uh, for me to come here and experience Lebanon and, and uh, just be a part of the move of God. Uh, God is doing some amazing things in Lebanon. We've seen miracles. We've seen signs and wonders, manifestations of the and Holy free. Ghost. And so we're just so thankful to be here and what Club 1040 is doing in this area. And so God bless you and thank you for being a part of what God is doing in this part of the world. Makes my heart come alive Suddenly brought to light When I miss you to see those little hands being raised of those Muslim children accepting Jesus into their heart. And what's wonderful is we're able to continue that work in that church, and they're still coming to the church, which is incredible. And what was neat about that is those teens came up and on that day to accept Jesus, and then the next day they came back, and they came on their own will, and they said, we have to pray for our parents because they need Jesus. And it came out of their heart as being newly born again. That came up and out of their heart. And immediately it was to tell others about Jesus. Isn't that neat? So exciting about what I just love seeing those hands raise up. That is just amazing. It was it's wonderful. So we're able to continue going back. We held a youth outing and we um, were able to go in and play games and tell them about Jesus. And so it's kind of exciting to see what's, do, what's going on. So you guys have got to help with everything that is going on in Lebanon. And today as I, I want to show you what you're part of and the women that you're part of in beautiful Tim Forty. You know, God put that in my heart. To be, to be called Beautiful 1040, and it was from Song of Solomon 4-7, where it says, Come away with me, my beautiful. And when we go into a country, it's very important that we get favor with the ministers and the churches that are in, that, in the areas. So a lot of our time when we first go into a country is meeting pastors, 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 seeing what's going on. And what our heart is, is to strengthen the local churches and not detract from the local churches. And so we just got together and we says, what can we do to strengthen these local churches? And, you know, that is going to be our last in effect. You know, the refugees is wonderful and we can help them and praise God they're becoming born again. But our lasting work is going to be what we do with the churches. Amen. Because they're going to be the ones on the ground when nobody else is on the ground. They're going to be the ones that will be there helping and reaching out on a continual basis. So I tell my women, I say, even though we get to go and help these refugees, our true purpose is to go in and strengthen the local churches. And so what we did is we went into these churches and we asked with a beautiful invitation, we give to the pastor's wife and leaders. And we say, we would like to take you away for a weekend, a whole weekend. And 
when they saw this and they saw the hotel that we're taking them to, our first hotel was kind of middle range because I was believing God for money. One businessman paid for all of my women to go to. And so it was good. But this one, you guys, the hotel is amazing. It is beautiful. And so for them to want to come, they're like, please pick me. So I'm a little bit scared that 100 women is going to probably be oversubscribed. So believe God because we always pray for the right people to come. And we want those people that are going to be the ones that will uh, be the key strategic people so that they can minister and continue taking this gospel forward. And so when we go in there, we strengthen these women, we refuel them, we refire them, we help them. Many of these women are ministering to the refugees. If you can imagine, their churches were going great, and then all of a sudden, all the, the Syrian refugees started coming in. And what happened then is anyone of Lebanese descent that has any money or education leaves the country. So you'll find people here in Michigan that are from Lebanon. You'll find people all over the states or in the UK that have left. And so that leaves your church without your leaders. That leaves your church without uh, the, the finances. And so you're still seeing your church filled, but now they're filled with Syrian refugees that are accepting Jesus. So even in the midst of crisis, these refugees are coming in. They're finding the Lord, which is amazing. But these women, as you know, women, they do the work, don't they? We take care of our husbands. We take care of the ministry. We take care of the family. And they are ministering to these uh, refugees. And so by taking them away for the weekend, we go, we have fun, we do games, we talk with them, we have small groups. In fact, Beverly, she ministered on grief. Um, she's a widow, and she was able to minister about grief. To, in, how many women did you have, Beverly? Eight or ten, they got to sit and talk to her, and she was able to minister to them and spend time with them and get to know them. And so we get small groups. This was a foreign concept to them to take small group sessions and to have fun and games. In fact, when I went back after the next month, they were playing games with their women, and they were doing fun, silly games. In fact, we had to shove marshmallows in our mouth. It was a game that I didn't even know, and we were, they were doing it, and, and so it was being replicated in their women's group. So this is, kind, this is what you're part of. This was our first ladies, beautiful 1040. You can see Beverly right there in the middle. So you'll see some of our team. We took them away to this hotel. What a fun time we had. It was amazing. This was the boutique. Like I said, uh, Beverly bought loads of, of jewelry to give to them. And now you guys, your jewelry will be on the same, the tables. We'll be able to lavish them with gifts and give them wonderful things. These are some of our Lebanese women. Aren't they precious? Precious ladies, I can't wait for you to follow us on Facebook so you can see what you're ministering to. We took this into um, Egypt this last um, July. And we did the same thing in Egypt. However, this was a little different because many of you have heard about the bombings in Egypt in the Christian Coptics uh, areas. In fact, um, some of these ladies had just been part of a bus being blown up by the Islamic extremists. And we were able to take them away from that and bring them to our um, beautiful 1040 shortly after that. And they told us, they said, we had friends that were on that bus that had been blown up. 
And so it was such an opportunity to minister to them. There were so many ladies that wanted to come, but um, I, like I said, I was going for partnership. And so this year, girls, we're going to do it. We're, it's so good. So these were some of our Egyptian people. I want to show you this because we woke up the, the next morning. Some of them had traveled over 20 hours to get there. We provided their transportation from some of the most remote places in Egypt. And they came on that bus. They were tired, but yet they got up the next morning. And I want you to see what happened. Spontaneous. This was all spontaneous. And we sang and we danced for two hours straight. amazing two hours straight we just sang we danced we did the chain you know where you walk around <laughs> holding each other's hips it was two hours of spontaneous we didn't even get to do our small group discussions until later because they were so joyful to be there and I just love seeing the joy on their faces and I just can't even talk because it's just so overwhelming they were so joyful so this is what you guys are part of isn't that fun now, I wanted to put this up for you because we were on the sea. In, uh, it was near Shama Sheikh, and we took him to a resort. And this resort had been closed down. And the night before we came, they went in and tried to clean the resort. It was a Christian-run resort. They gave it to us for a very cheap price, and I know why now. But <laughs> we got there, and I was like, Lord, I don't think my team's going to be able to make it. And we did praise God. And then these women, you know, they thought that they were in the lap of luxury. Oh, we're so wimpy. I hate being a wimp, but they loved being there. And so what we did is we uh, got a caravan and we took them down to the sea. And this is a typical Islamic or um, Muslim type bathing suit. You know, they're very modest in what they wear. But there was a group of women. Oh, there's some of them. This was the, this was the resort. Isn't that beautiful? But it was really dirty, but it was so beautiful for them. And as you can see, I'm saying I was a wimp, but you guys, it was really dirty. And I didn't think the team would be able to handle it. Oh, you're, now I'm making it sound like we're, we're really wimps. But anyways, so this was the wonderful place that we got to go to. But I saw these ladies. There was um, about 15 of them that had come on the bus from 20 hours away. And all of them were clothed in their clothing. And I saw others that had the bathing suit. So I asked them, I said, why don't you have a bathing suit? And these ladies came to me. They said, Julie, because they're in the most remote part of Egypt, they said, we have never seen water. This is the first time we've ever seen water. If there was a pool, we would not have had money to get into the pool in our areas. That was the first time they had ever experienced getting in water. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> there was a place in that resort where the waterfall comes over the rocks. And every day... We just have a, you know, a time of fellowship from like 2 to 6 o'clock. And they were just sitting there with the waterfall going on them. And they wouldn't move. And they were like, we don't want to miss out because we won't get to see this again. It was just so precious. So this is a special um, video I want you to hear from one of our ladies from Lebanon. My name is Ruba. Can I you turn this up really high? A country that is ripe with opportunities to serve the Lord. Being part of the Middle East, this region believes that only men can be leaders. That is why for female leaders in the church to break that mold, they have to show strength 24-7.
and that means that they never get cared for. That is why I enjoyed so much the last getaway that Club 1040 organized for female leaders. It was a time of refreshing, a time to be prayed for, cared for, and to learn from the wisdom of others. It was a time for us to just relax, enjoy, and have fun. I still hold on very dearly to all of the gifts we've received, so I would like to thank Club 1040 as well of all as well as all the partners and all of the sponsors who make this possible. I can't wait to go to the next conference. God bless you. Hi everybody. This is I'm the hotel. Here at the Bethania Hotel. I wish you could see all of it. Lebanon. My goal is to have a hundred women. 100 Lebanese pastors, wives, and leaders, and I'm needing you to help me sponsor them. 100 women for $150 a piece will give them a whole weekend away where we can take these pastors, wives, and leaders, bring them to this hotel, this amazing hotel, lavish them, bless them, refresh them, minister to them, and be able to send them back into their churches. They're experiencing all the crises that are happening here in Beirut. Thank you for getting behind this project and helping me to sponsor these women, sponsor a hundred Lebanese pastors, wives, and leaders. So you guys are part of that. You get to be part of that. And did you hear what Ruba said? You know, they have to be strong. They have to be strong 24-7 um, because women don't have a place in these countries. They don't have a voice. They have a voice, but they're not heard, obviously. And so I believe by coming and talking to them, letting them dream, letting them be able to pray and learn how to um, know how to take the word and be able to minister to the word, I believe we're going to start seeing changes in these nations. Everywhere we go, we see changes in nations. And you guys get to be part of that change. So when you hear about Lebanon and you hear the things that are going on with the Syrian refugees and the Syrian crisis and the airstrikes, I want that to stir up in your heart because you're part of what's going on over there now. You guys have a part to play. And so let that be a reminder to pray for these people. And you know, as you see these things, I want this to, to um, be a reminder to you and bring it down to where we are today. You know, you say, you know, how does, how does this relate to me where I'm at today? And missions can be wherever we are, can't it? And I want to go through just a few things before I quit. And the Lord told us to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And I want this to trigger your heart for the people here in Michigan, because Michigan has so many diverse nationalities, doesn't it? You see them in your Walmart, you see them in your grocery stores, you see them as you're going to Myers. And I want it to be a click for you to say, oh, I need to be friendly to these people. How would you feel if you were in Lebanon walking in their grocery stores? Would you love it if somebody came up to you and said hello? If somebody talked to your children, um, obviously as women, you go to the women and you talk with them and you just start a conversation. Maybe you see them looking at something and say, what do you think about this? They will love it and you'll be able to be a friend to them. But if you look for the same culture, those are people around you. Like the song said that we sang this morning, look for the people that are around you that you can minister. That's your Jerusalem, Judea. Who is the same culture that might be in your community? There's things that God could show you in your community. What about your neighbors? Look for your neighbors. Look for people that are hurting. What about more distant or sometimes disliked culture? Your Samaria. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now about um, the refugees coming here. Um, I was talking with somebody yesterday, and she had a good solution. She says, why don't we get them born again, and then they can go back to their country? 
I mean, that's one, it just shows a different view of how to look at this, is, doesn't it? You know, because everybody's saying, send them back, send them back. What about minister to them and catch them while we can before they're sent back? I, that's a whole political area that I don't even know what you guys are dealing with. But let's focus on them while we can. And that could be your Samaria. They're disliked. The Samaritans were disliked, weren't they? Unreached people's radically different. Those are the people around the earth. And you guys are part of that today, being part of the sponsorship of Club 1040. Let me see if my other... Nope. Let me just give you one more thing because there was um, a couple of scriptures that I just wanted to mention. John 4.35. John 4.35 says to look around you. Look around you, for the fields are white. Don't say four months to the harvest, but look now. There are people around you that need Jesus. And always ask Jesus, who needs you the most right now? And God will pop it. They'll, they'll just come up and start talking to you sometimes. Or you'll see them, and they'll just stand out. So first of all, look around you. See who's there. And then pray. Psalms 2.8 says, ask for the nations of the world as your inheritance. How many of you have ever inherited something? Maybe your mother left you something or your grandmother left you something. Let me just say, if there was a million dollars over there that was left here as an inheritance, how many of you would do your best to get to that inheritance? Whoa, I, you couldn't stop me. You guys know me. I'd be like, that's mine. God says he's given us the nations of the world for our inheritance. That's our inheritance. Let's do everything we can to get to that inheritance. Amen? He says, ask me. Ask me for the nations of the world. And we, you guys now have Lebanon as part of the nations of the world that you're part of. Isn't that cool? You're going to have Lebanese women coming up to you and saying thank you. You're going to have Syrian refugees come up and kiss you. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> They're going to grab your hands and they're not going to want to let go of you. That's your inheritance. That's an exciting inheritance. And you let, the, let the Lord just show you, you know, in the night, those faces. You'll see some of those faces come to you. Let the Lord bring those faces to you so that you can pray for them. And then, well, I don't have those slides anymore, but praise God. Um, there's one more scripture, and it is in... Well, we don't know because it was on a slide. <laughs> but it was whenever the disciples and Jesus were on the Mount of Olives and Jesus was taken up. Do you remember that, that scripture? Does that sound familiar? And Jesus went up and the disciples were just still left standing there. And two angels showed up and they looked at the disciples and they said, Why are you still left staring into the heavens? Isn't that a good scripture? Why are you still just left staring at the heavens, waiting for Jesus to do this work? He's left us here to do the work. Amen? Matthew 24, 14 says that he cannot return until the gospel goes to the ends of the earth and people have an opportunity to either accept him or reject him. These are your neighbors. These are people that are around you. These are people right here. Let's give them the opportunity. Let's just quit staring into heaven. And let's put our feet to action. Like those angels are saying, let's get to work. We've got some work to do. Because I want to see Jesus return, don't you? I want to be part of that. And I want to be able to see those people that we've seen up in heaven. They're going to come up to you. They're going to say thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you for making a way so that I could hear about Jesus. I don't want to be left there and somebody look at me and I see them not being able to enter into heaven and I had the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. I will not be left staring up into the heavens. I'm going to get to work. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, let me just pray for you. Father, today there's been so much communicated and I know that there was uh, things that have been planted in people's hearts. I believe that uh, the world has become more impacted in our heart, Father God. Father, I thank you that you will minister to these ladies, that you will show them what part they have to play in your plan, Father God, that you'll show that they are significant members of your body, Father God, and that, Father, those dreams will come back to life. The dreams that you've placed in them will come alive so roaring loud, Father God, and you'll show them the next step on how they can do that, Father. It might be a small task. It might be a massive task, Father, but whatever it is, Father, it's a dream that you've put in their heart, Lord God. Thank you for speaking to us, Father. Thank you for showing us those things. Father, thank you for bringing those people around us that we can minister to them and show them